Wade, you have a good heart. With training, you can be X-Men. I am not X-Men material at all. First off, I'm not even a virgin. I ain't letting Cable kill this kid, but I can't do this alone. I'm an X-Men. Trainee! Shut it! Stay back or Justin Bieber dies! <laughs> Justin Bieber, he called you Justin Bieber. You're no hero. You're just a clown. Dressed up as a toy. So dark. You sure you're not from the DC universe? Get tickets now. Hello everyone, this is Rico, and you're listening to another episode of Treks in Sci-Fi, the weekly dose of geeky goodness. Uh, today is, what is it, May? It's May. May 13th. It's almost the middle of May. And May 13th, 2018, podcast 682, yes. So today, uh, besides that cool Deadpool TV spot, which I'm super excited to see that movie, uh, I just... Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, uh, he's so funny. I don't, I like it. I like it a lot. Oh, it's so dark. Are you sure you're not part of the DC universe? <laughs> ah, good stuff. All right, but uh, we are going to continue kind of, uh, it's all about comics lately, I think. I, I've done a, a show about comics with Chris not too long ago. We talked about Avengers Infinity War last week. And today I am going to go back uh, in time a bit and I'm going to talk about the 1960s uh, Batman TV series. You know, I've talked about it before on the show uh, in different ways, but I don't think I've dedicated, I'm pretty sure I haven't dedicated a whole podcast to it, although I'm going to talk about a few other things as well. So, But the majority of the show is going to be about uh, the 60s Batman TV series. Yeah, pow, bam, biff, uh, you know, atomic batteries to power, turbines to speed, so all that good stuff. And yeah, that'll be today's main topic. Uh, I, I love that show. It's it's one of the things I grew up with watching. Uh, that uh, or reruns of Star Trek, reruns of Batman, and Lost in Space. I, I think are the biggies. Uh, the other one maybe be Wild Wild West. All those '60s shows that um, influenced me a lot, actually, and. Uh, I, I still love them to this day, so that's going to be the topic for today. Uh, talk about some other stuff, what's going on on television. Uh, it looks like all the networks are starting to announce their what's coming back next year, what's not coming back. Mostly they're announcing what's not coming back. Uh, but, you know, we're in a day and age of, uh, of shows being picked up by other networks, so uh, all is not always lost. So, But we'll get into that in a moment here. Uh, and and many more other things, many more other things. That's a terrible bit of uh, of language <laughs> here on uh, Treks in Sci-Fi. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. Well, hey again, everyone. I am back. Uh, let's get into uh, today's uh, show uh, here on the Treks and Sci-Fi podcast uh, extravaganza. Just myself this week. Uh, I've um, I've really been enjoying though doing shows with with Chris and other people and Skype. I, I I've I think I'm finding over the years that it's 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 certainly more fun to have a co-host or multiple people to talk with. 
than uh, doing it solo, but it's it's also hard to always coordinate that. And uh, way back when, when I first started the podcast, you know, it was it certainly wanted to start it at least doing kind of a solo show. And you know, over the years, I've I've you know, it's always popping in my head: should I try to get a permanent like co-host or, or whatever? But um, I think it works out this way okay. So that is what it is. But <laughs> as I, I say many, many times, doing a podcast even after all this time, starting the show, especially solo, is the trickiest thing. Solo, speaking of solo, oh my gosh, we're only a couple of weeks away to another Star Wars movie. We're less than a week away to Deadpool 2, and I'm probably as excited for both of these movies. I already have tickets for Deadpool. I'm going on uh, this Thursday night, you know, they do these Thursday night shows before these movies come out on Friday. And the, the solo film, is it just a week after that? I guess it is. Yeah, it's just next week. Uh, that movie, I, I had originally, or I did buy tickets for Friday, the premiere on, or the opening day on the 25th on Friday. And then a few days later, they announced these this special fan event thing again uh, for the night before and AMC theaters are having a little deal. You get these special little, uh, a set of little dice. Um, If you notice in the Millennium Falcon, there's a, um, a little set of dice that kind of hang overhead uh, in the, in the Falcon. And yeah, so I kind of had to go to that. So I'm going, I'm going on Thursday night and then I'm going again on Friday uh, to see solo. But I'm excited. I think that movie's going to be a lot of fun, so I, I don't mind that. And yeah, so that that's what's coming up in in the, in the movie world. Of course, Avengers: Infinity War is just making an an, an infinity amount of money, uh, which I think is great, uh, fantastic. And for all the people out there who uh, say there's too many comic book movies, well, <laughs> this is why there are so many comic book movies. They make a lot of money. Uh, very few of them these days are not doing well. I I, I guess the DC movies have been struggling more, um, are are probably the biggest ones that have been struggling, but but the Marvel films are just, just, you can't stop them. And we have uh, this summer Ant-Man and Wasp movie coming, uh, and then we have, then we wait till early, and I think it's February or is it March, um, where Captain Marvel, there's going to be a Captain Marvel movie, which if you stayed, spoiler alert, if you stay to the end of Avengers Infinity War, um, well, there's a little thing related to that slightly. Uh, I don't think it's giving too much away. But the um, that movie, though, uh, Captain Marvel, is I think it's going to be more of an origin story. And it's set in the past. It's set in the 90s. So we're going to learn about um, Carol Danvers, uh, Captain Marvel, becoming who she is. And all that. So, uh, and what else was I going to say about that? Oh, and then of course we got Infinity War, or um, or let's just call it the next Avengers movie, um, uh, next early next May in 2019. So, just a lot of comic book goodness. Uh, as as I've said quite a few times, you know, as someone who's read comics for decades, um, would sit in. Uh, <laughs> I can still remember going to the comic shop uh, out by. Um, where I went to college and, and I would go between classes and I'd be so anxious to read the next issue of whatever. And <laughs> I did good in college. I mean, it went well, good in college, did well in college, uh, which led to good jobs and, and so forth and so on. So, uh, it, 
even though you know it will sound like I'm ignoring my uh, was ignoring my college studies, I would I would take these comics and I would sit and wait for class in a in a in a, in a whatever hall, whatever I'm trying to say, one of the buildings up at Michigan State, and I'd sit there and read a comic where I probably should have been maybe studying. Although it doesn't take long to read a comic, so it wasn't taking me like hours out of my uh, day or whatever. But um, yeah, I can remember doing that a lot, and uh, yeah. And and my point, I guess, is, you know, being a being a kid who grew up being a very nerdy kind of quiet kid, at least early on, and watching Star Trek reruns and reruns. Can't speak very well today. Uh, watching Star Trek and, and some of these shows like Batman, we're going to talk about here in a few, and and just no one was into this stuff. I mean, of course, there were the little nerds and the geeks that that were. And this is something that gets talked about still quite a bit, I think, and and is well deserved. But it's just it's still still every day incredible incredible to me that we have these films, we have these television shows, uh, books, comics still going. You know, we just got all this nerd geek culture. Uh, and uh, my my best answer for the reason this is. I uh, I think is that a lot of those nerds and geeks eventually went on to work in Hollywood, and this is the stuff they loved growing up, and they're making it into movies. And of course, not to mention the fact that uh, as these things have progressed, uh, they've been doing pretty well at the box office. If you look at you know the all-time winners at the box office, they're sci-fi films, they're fantasy films, they're nerd geek films, Star Wars, Star Trek. Lord of the Rings, Avatar, um, you know, all, all the comic book stuff currently. It's just, uh, it, it's, I, I guess, I, you know, the, the thing is, enjoy it. Uh, it may come, there may come a day where it shifts. People keep saying that they think it's going to, but I don't think that's coming anytime soon. I think it will continue to be like this for a long time and evolve. I mean, Star Wars, the first Star Wars film in, in 77 set a lot of this in motion, too. Uh, you know, because uh, just this, you know, when you think about it, uh, kind of a ridiculous space fantasy about a, a boy, you know, a girl in a universe or whatever that old, old trailer was called it. It's it's just it shouldn't work. Right. That's not what the public was getting at that time for people who are younger or didn't live through that. That that movie came out of like completely nowhere. That That wasn't the kind of movie that was out there. It would be like Marvel's, in, uh, you know, in Avengers: Infinity War, or any of the Marvel movies just being plopped down right now, where all you were getting were like dramas and uh, you know family movies and westerns still, and and you just and 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 frankly, a lot of the movies in the '70s were kind of schlocky and kind of low budget. Uh, but this was, you know, that movie was done in all seriousness and and really changed things. So I don't know why I ran ran into that little. Uh, I guess I ran into it because I keep seeing all these things online. It's like of people saying, "Oh, you know, the comic book movie thing. I'm getting tired of it. It's 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 that it needs to die. It needs to go away. There aren't enough other movies. There've been some celebrities that have said these things. You know, they're you know, it's it's squashing the other movies. I'm like, look, that that's it's called supply and demand of of what gets put out. I mean, I think if um, People want to make other movies, and there are a lot of other movies. And I say it on the on the Facebook Treks and Sci-Fi Facebook group. If you want to support other films, you know, go see them. Uh, and 
and this is how you know basically I I guess I could say capitalism, but this is how things work. Popular things that make money, people will make more of that and and do it again and do it again until they, they, you know, people are worried that Star Wars is going to go like this, you know, because we've got at least two other trilogies in in the works, movie trilogies. Uh, We have a series, a TV series, a live action TV series, another animated series coming. We have um, obviously episode nine still to finish off that trilogy so it's it's uh i'm happy about it and and i enjoy all this stuff um i think the only thing that i find hard and i've said this a few times is especially on the tv front uh movies even then sometimes but it's super hard to keep up with all this stuff i i I mean i i'm not by any means a completist i i don't I don't watch every series like I, I'm not I haven't been really all that hooked in on the uh, Krypton TV show. So I've kind of let a few of those episodes. I've watched the first few and then I've let the the other ones after that sort of build up on the TiVo. Maybe I'll watch it during the summer when there's not as much new regular television on. Uh, but, uh, you know, so I don't watch every new show, uh, but I but I do watch quite a bit. I watch every you know, all the CW comic shows, uh, you know, the, I watched The Expanse. I still watch Once Upon a Time. <laughs> it's its last season, so I might as well finish that off. Um, but, yeah, there, there's I watch some cartoon-type animated stuff. Like, I still watch Family Guy and uh, American Dad. But uh, but there's just a lot of a lot of television. Oh, and, and the you know, some of the craziest shows like Legion, uh, which is based uh, on uh, loosely on the X-Men comic book character of david holler um professor x's son that is the trippiest weirdest show out there um you know you really uh (laughs) if if you're not watching that show uh well it's in in its second season right now and and it's just the uh it's just a super weird crazy show and uh there was uh there was a singing mouse on the most recent episode a, a little animated singing mouse um david was was oh it's I, I don't even know how to explain the part of the episode but um so there's just a lot to see and a lot to watch and a lot to keep up with so but yeah what else did i want to say uh i talked about avengers obviously last week that's the last movie i went to see still maybe want to try to see it one more time uh before it leaves the theaters uh, it's at my local little uh, small theater here in nearby, a couple miles down the road. So maybe I'll go see it again there. Uh, what else? Oh, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this. Maybe I did briefly. Uh, but um, I've been watching uh, and, and reading a little bit uh, of manga and watching some anime, uh, this Japanese anime uh, called Death Note. And I picked up the uh, first um, first volume, I'll call it, uh uh, of the manga series based on that's how you say it manga right not manga manga uh which is Jap- japanese basically uh comic book uh or japanese comic books so um this death note thing is is pretty interesting basically this uh i guess he's in like late high school he's supposed to be like 17 um uh his name is his name excuse me his name in in the show is called his name is light yagami uh, L-I-G-H-T, uh, that's the English version or English name of it. I, I don't know if he's different in Japanese, but, uh, 
basically there's a little notebook that he finds in, in the first episode and in the first issue of, of the comic where or the manga that um, it's called this book is called the death note and basically he um, he learns that pretty quickly he learns that he can he can kill people by writing down their name he needs to know what they look like their face and their name their real name and then he can he can get rid of people or you know kill people it's that's why it's called death note and and if you're not familiar with anime and and Japanese manga and all that but it it can be pretty dark stuff sometimes and this sounds dark but it, it, at the beginning he has very good intentions he wants to get rid of bad people right criminals and and, and nasty people in 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 the world and I don't want to say too much about it, but I find it pretty fascinating and pretty pretty interesting. So I've been watching that that series is on Netflix, and I kind of wanted to mention it. And uh, I'm a little inspired, and maybe I'll do a show like uh, Jen and Angela and over on the Anomaly podcast did recently, which was really fun, where they talked about some of the Netflix series TV shows that they watch. Uh, some some of uh, some of them are you know in the nerd realm, nerd geeky realm, and some not, you know, as uh, they like to say, the muggle shows. Uh, but, uh, and I'm still watching Lost in Space. I'm on episode six or seven of that. Kind of working my way through it slowly. Uh, and I'm also trying to get my way, work my way through, uh, about midway through on Jessica Jones season two as well. Uh, I want to uh, finish those off, hopefully sometime in the next month or so. But uh, yeah, lots of plenty of, of good things to watch, interesting things to watch. Netflix, there's a new TV show and or movie. They got a lot of Netflix original movies. There's actually a Death Note uh, live action uh, movie I noticed on there too, uh, which I don't know if I want to watch that because I'm afraid I, I probably will watch it at some point, but I want to finish the, the anime series first because I'm imagining that in a two-hour movie they compressed it and in the... I'll know what kind of how things end up and work out, uh, even in the the series, whether the, it's the manga reading that or the or the anime. Right now, I'm kind of trying to mark, work my way through those, so I don't know if I want to watch that two hour or whatever length of time it was movie that they did, which is uh, interesting to me that they uh, that they put out that too. Uh, it, it's I think it's pretty popular. It was funny. I bought the uh, manga book at a Barnes and Noble bookstore near where I work. And the lady at the counter, lady, I mean, I, I, she was probably in her thirties or so, probably I would guess. Um, real nice. But as I handed it to her, she says, Oh, death note. I love death note. And, and again, I, I, I just, it, it's shocking to me sometimes when I, I, I guess it's like the, um, the ladies in, on anomaly. It's like these anomalies. I find that, you know, the long, long is gone or gone is, Oh God! I can't. I can't, I apologize. I cannot talk today. Um, you know the the stereotypical nerd, whether it was was a guy or a girl, with glasses and looking really nerdy and geeky. I mean, I never really looked like that. I I only wear glasses now for distance when I'm driving or television and stuff like that. But I never really wore glasses growing up uh, or in school or anything. I I don't think I really come off looking, but as, as a nerd, but these days, you know, just, I, I'm just shocked sometimes when somebody knows this stuff. Um, like my story about my uh, colleague friend who works for the same company I do in Europe. That's, that's as much of a nerd geek as I am, Thomas, 
over there in Germany. Hi, Thomas. <laughs> and uh, I was shocked, you know, when I when I met up with him and uh, he knew what Gach was, you know, like I'm like, what? Come on. You don't know what that is. Uh, yeah, our the days of us just having our own little nerd niche are, are pretty much gone. And uh, next weekend, uh, going to Motor City Comic Con on May 19th, my older son Stephen has really been getting a lot more into comics and comic book art. In the last couple of years, he's doing some drawing on his own. I, I've done drawing over the years, too. Uh, we've been watching some Jim Lee on Twitch. And so he's excited to go to the con. I think my other son, uh, Eric, my younger son, I'm going to see if he can go and wants to go. But, uh, yeah, and, and that convention, uh, one of the things I wanted to mention about that is the reason I, I brought it up is even in the last, I've been going to it for quite a while, probably ever since I've been doing the podcast. It's been around for quite a while, but it's really gotten bigger and bigger over the years, and it's super jam-packed. It's frankly one of the largest comic book conventions of the country in, in the country uh, over the course of the year. They probably get somewhere almost 70, 75,000 for the weekend, which which is a lot. Uh, and I, I think that's what what was at like Star Wars Celebration last year. So for those that were at that, uh, you know, that's the kind of crowd, and it's in a much smaller venue too, uh, with terrible parking and just jammed filled with people. I've gotten to the point, I mean, I like going to it, but I, I it, it's really, really jam-packed. Speaking of jam-packed, I think I've said it before, I am going to be out at San Diego Comic-Con for the first time ever this July, this year. I get there on July, I think it's the 18th, that Wednesday, go to the preview night on Wednesday night, and I'll be there through Sunday. So pretty much every day, I'm leaving, a, I, I don't think I'm going to be at the con on Sunday because my flight's a little... It's around midday, so I don't think I'll be going to the con on Sunday. But I'll be there, you know, pretty much all the day on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, which should be plenty, frankly. I think by the time Sunday rolls around, I'll, I'll, I'll have had enough. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited, really excited to connect up with Kenny, maybe do a little uh, cosplaying, and, and just have the experience of uh, going to the mega the mega con of of, uh, con, uh, <laughs> of, of San Diego, I think uh, – I think it's it's well overdue for me to be at that thing. So, and who knows? Maybe it'll make me hooked, and I'll want to go again. I, I a lot of people seem to enjoy a lot of uh, you know obviously, and and I know many people like Kenny that have gone for for a number of years. So uh, uh, we'll see if this makes me want to go there every year or not. Uh, but uh, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. All right, we're like twenty minutes into the show, so it's I've, I've babbled on probably long enough. Let's get some focus going. Let's talk about Batman, uh, the 1966 to 1968 three-season television series on ABC. Uh, and, you know, this this very, very pop culture icon of the 60s uh, is still probably as popular to this day, if not more. And I think it's well-deserving um, well of, of de dedicating kind of the podcast to it. I'm going to talk a little bit about how it started and, and a little background, play some clips and stuff. And, and so let's get things going with, let, let's play the classic uh, intro clip from even when they go to the bat poles. Um, this is from one of the uh, beginning of one of the episodes and I'll be back and we'll delve into this, this cult classic series. Uh, not so much, I guess a cult classic to me, a cult classic has to be something that wasn't, super popular at the time but became popular later and this certainly gained 
a following and became more popular over the years, just like Star Trek did. But this this show was super popular, at least when it first started, and, and then that kind of dwindled off a little bit towards the end, a little bit like the original Star Trek series as well. But, uh, okay, here we go with uh, the Batman 60s uh, series intro here on Treks in Sci-Fi. So, Batman, the TV series, the, um, you know, I guess, right, the only live-action, given the popularity of the Batman character, the only live-action Batman television series they've ever ever done. They've uh, obviously done, well, I I guess there are are, um, serials, right, the old, old serial type, like Flash Gordon shows in black and white and things. I think they did some Batman stuff there but basically this is the only real live action batman series that most people think about um let me give you some basic statistics here a little bit there were um the show ran for uh three seasons uh it ran on abc from uh, january uh 12 1966 to march 14 1968 uh it was unusual in the fact that it it actually aired for the first two seasons uh, it aired twice a week. I think it was Tuesdays and Thursdays is what it was, if I remember right. Uh, and um, during the third season, it was only running. It only ran weekly. Uh, it has been called one of the greatest American television shows of all time. A couple of television critics put it on a list of uh, of Americans of American TV shows, greatest American TV shows, ranked at number eighty-two. This the these two guys. Alan Seppenwall and Max Zollerzetz. Uh, but um, it, it, there's no doubt that th- this show has uh, is a classic and and it will um, you know I think it's gonna live on forever basically. Uh, the um, the show was again uh, for three seasons. There was actually a total of 120 episodes uh, keeping in mind they did this. Uh, kind of unusual half-hour weekly format twice a week. 
so that kind of pushed up the number number of number excuse me number of episodes per season. I mean, these days, what do we get? Sometimes with some shows, eight, ten, thirteen episodes in a season. Uh, an average regular network show these days gives us about 20, 21, 22. So put it in that perspective, they were doing about double that uh, per season back then. Uh, it was on ABC again. Uh, the production company was 20th Century Fox um, with Warner Brothers distributing the television version, or not version, but uh, distributing it for TV, I should say. So uh, again, this show uh, was... Um, extremely popular when it first uh, started out. Um, the uh, I wanted to say um, this uh, one of the one of the main guys behind this show uh, was William Dozier. Is that how you say the guy's name Dozier? I think uh, it was basically created for television by him. Uh, it was the only kind of comedy type show uh, on the air um, without a laugh track. And, you know, they, they, the, the, the sort of very unique and unusual thing about this show, for those that know it, and, I, and I'm assuming most of the people out there listening know the show to some degree, maybe haven't seen it all, maybe have seen some of it, maybe have seen it all, uh, maybe love it, maybe just think it's okay, whatever. Uh, but the unusual thing is, is the, the cast played things very straight. The villains were a little over the top. But the but the the heroes, especially Adam West, Burt Ward playing Batman and Robin, played things completely straight, and the humor came from just just the absurdness of of what the episode was about, how they dealt with some of these crazy cliffhangers, and you know they would always be put into these impossible to escape traps, death trap kind of things. At the end of the first episode, when it was running the first, you know, two seasons, when they did this split episode, kind of a cliff, cliffhanger, and then they would get out of it, uh, you know, in the next episode, and then stop the villain, stop the bad guy. The the other thing about this this show that was somewhat unique uh, has been done in other shows, and of that era doesn't doesn't happen these days very much at all ever, uh, really, but they had this basically uh, guest star or stars of the week playing the bad, the villains, right? And they were pretty big names, pretty popular people of the era. And, you know, that 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 was uh, different. You know, usually you would have these television shows that had sort of a, a known cast. You would bring in some uh, guest people each week, but they weren't of any real notoriety. Uh, you didn't really want to do that because uh, on some shows, actually when I used to watch them, um, when it was airing, Castle, the television show with Nathan Fillion, uh, one of the things that show started to fall into a little bit of a trap was, you know, it was a police drama uh, detective kind of a show. But what what it became was a little bit like you would you they would bring in different suspects each week, and and the person who was the most well known actor or actress, you'd you'd be like saying, oh that that that's the that's the bad person, that's that's the one who did the crime or whatever, right? But unlike in Batman, where it was, you know, that was never a hidden thing. But again, the uniqueness of the the idea of bringing in these guests uh, guests each week to work with the um, the regular cast was, I thought, kind of a a unique and a fun thing. The uh, I want to go back and talk a little bit about um, about the origins of it, uh, how they they cast it a little bit. Um, 
and, and started out the show. So in the in the 60s, a, a place called Ed Graham Productions, they optioned television, television rights to the comic strip Batman. Uh, they, they planned a kind of a straightforward take on it, a ju- more of a juvenile kind of adventure show like The Adventures of Superman was or The Lone Ranger. And it was going to be on CBS on Saturday mornings. But um, East, an East Coast executive named Yale Udoff who had been a Batman fan since childhood. Keep in mind, Batman comics had been around for, for a long time. Uh, and uh, he contacted ABC executives Harv Bennett. Everyone, all Trek fans out there should know the name Harv Bennett. And someone else named Edgar Shrek. Shrek? Shrek? <laughs> I don't know how to say that guy's name. Anyway, they were already considering developing a TV series around a comic book action hero. And uh, this guy, Yale, uh, suggested they try a primetime Batman show, kind of in the hip and the fun style of another show that had aired, uh, started airing a, a year or two, a couple years before Batman, called The Man from Uncle, which was sort of a spy drama and, and pretty popular with the younger audiences out there. So when negotiations between CBS and Graham uh, stalled at Graham Productions, DC Comics uh, reobtained the rights and they made the deal with ABC which then farmed the rights out to 20th Century Fox, which was the producer, the the production company for the series. So then, uh, at that stage, 20th Century Fox, they gave the project to William Dozer, and that's where he comes in. And he had a production company, uh, Greenway Productions, and ABC and Fox were expecting a hip and fun, yet still serious adventure show. However, um, you know, again, ABC thought this was going to be a lot more serious than it turned out to be. Uh, but Dozier, who had never really uh, before any, read any comics, he 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 decided. Uh, excuse me. He read a few Batman comics for research, and the, he decided that the only way to really make this work as a TV show was to kind of make it this pop art campy kind of a comedy. And the uh, originally, though, there was going to be this novelist Eric Ambler who was going to have scripted a TV movie to launch this series, but he later dropped out because he didn't like this campy approach, okay? So um, so they kind of had the, the production company lined up. They, they had Dozier, but they needed a cast. Uh, uh, they, needed, uh, they needed actors, of course. And the classic thing that you may have heard or some people might know is it boiled down to uh, two, you know, this was always going to be a Batman and Robin television show. So they had one pair. They had Adam West and Burt Ward. Adam West, of course, is Batman Bruce Wayne. Burt Ward is Robin, his Ward, uh, youthful Ward Dick Grayson, right? And the other pair was Lyle Wagner, who was a really pretty popular actor at the time, and a guy named Peter Dial. Uh, but it, eventually, of course, it went to um, Adam West and Burt Ward won the uh, the you know the roles of Batman and Robin. <clears throat> Excuse me, had to get a little drink of tea there. Uh, then we get into um, the um, episodes in, in season one and start and work starting on that. Of course, they built some very elaborate sets. Um, they they built the Batmobile uh, and you know a lot of the some of the sets even came from other shows of that era and time. Shows like Time Tunnel, I think a little uh, crossover from that and a couple of other series. Maybe a little bit of Lost in Space even in there. Uh, but then you bring in this guy named Lorenzo Semple Jr. 
and he signed on to be the head scriptwriter. He wrote a pilot script um, and generally wrote in a pop art adventure kind of style. Uh, a couple of some other writers in here, Stanley Ralph Ross, Stanford Sherman, Charles Charles Hoffman, a pretty popular um I think did Hoffman work on one of the Alien movies? It seems like he did. I might be getting that wrong. Probably getting it wrong. <laughs> and uh, they all lean to to more of a campy comedy style. In Ross's case, outright la- slapstick and satire. So the uh, originally they intended this as a one hour regular one hour TV show, but ABC changed the premiere date from the fall of '66 to January. And the uh, the network only ha- they only had two early evening. I think they were at seven thirty, half hour time slots. So they didn't have a one hour block to give the show. So they they had to basically create the show around two thirty minute um, two thirty minute installments that were going uh, to air twice a week or you know one one night one another night. And then they had this cliffhanger kind of movie serial kind of ending between the two. Uh, one of the things that was going on is because of the expense of the show, they, they shoved a little more advertising in this uh, TV show than they had before. There was actually a, an, an additional minute of advertising. There was even in one of the uh, ABC affiliate stations out there that refused to air the show because of the extra advertising. Um, and I've already talked a little bit about it, but uh, again, one of, the, one of the really cool and unique things and the thing that I always loved about this show and still do is that you know they brought in all these villains, most of the villains from the comic books. I mean, they, there were some notable exceptions. For example, like Poison Ivy, never showed up as a villain, and, and she had been in the comics quite a bit. Um, the um, there's a little bit of a, a backstory here where Bob Kane, one of the originators of the Batman comic, uh, even realized that in at this period in time, the Batman comic was actually faltering and not doing all that well. And he actually credits this Batman TV series for almost basically saving the comic book. Um, so that's an interesting thing, I think, because everyone's always probably these days think Batman's one of the most in, you know long running, and he is most one of the most long running comic book characters. But he's had his ups and downs, and I, and I think in the '60s, you know, keep in mind the '60s was a very weird decade. Uh, a lot of change going on in, in the world and in the in the United States. And, you know, kind of like out with the old and in with the new. And Batman, I think, was, was falling victim to that in that comic book. But this just hit at the right pop culture moment. And when it first started, it was just like went crazy. You know, there was... Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's very hard. You know, there was somebody something i read here as i was prepping for the show said that you know that there are several b um pop culture things uh, that start with the letter b from the 60s that that just went like through through skyrocketed through the roof and popularity one was uh, the batman tv show that we're talking about of course um another would be the beatles uh, i mean the no, there's no questioning or denying that and and then the other one uh, that they mention always is bond james bond um really you know defined that decade and and w- became you know very popular and are st- you know all those things are very popular still to this day i mean i still love the beatles i like james bond and i love batman so i mean it's uh it's really interesting and fascinating to me. I think about this sometimes when I get a little nostalgic. 
I think about I think about it in this way. You know, we're talking about a TV show from like 50 years ago. Uh, it makes me wonder, like, is there anything currently new, let's say, that's happened or came out in the last few years? TV, movies, uh, books, whatever, uh, comics, that in 50 years uh, people will be still watching and talking about it. And and. We, we're, we're in a strange time, I think, where, you know, people will say we're just getting all these reboots and rehashes and things like that. Well, I, I wonder sometimes if there's still room to have something super fresh and original. I guess I guess it's happened a little bit. I, I think Harry Potter is something that happened that that was um, I, I can see that still being watched and talked about for a long time to come and being eventually rebooted. Uh, that's not really, I guess it's more or less current. I mean, how long has it been since the last Harry Potter book movie? A good five years? At least more than that. What am I talking about? I think probably more like 10 years now, right? 2008, nine in there, something like that. Um, or 10. Uh, I can remember reading the last book around 2007, maybe. I think it was. So, uh, but uh, it's interesting to see and think about you know these these musical groups, television shows, movies uh, of the past that that were still are, are very well uh, thought of still to this day, and we're still you know watching. Eh, you know, time will tell in fifty years what people still like to watch. I mean, I mean, look at um, that movie and book, Ready Player One, which is set what about in twenty forty eight, forty six. So let's say roughly twenty twenty some years from now. But most of the pop culture references in that, and, it, and it, if you haven't seen it, if you don't know the story, it has to do with the guy that developed the Oasis, this this uh, virtual world that people go into. But the reason that all those references to things from like the 80s and, and so forth are, are in there is that's the kind of stuff that the guy who created the Oasis in that grew up on. Those were things that he loved, things like Star Trek and, and other pop culture movies like Back to the Future and, and, and all those references. There's many, many more, but you guys get what I'm talking about, the uh, the video games that were played. I mean, video games is probably... I was talking to my son about this yesterday. Um, there's this new video game uh, that people that's going crazy now called Fortnite. And uh, there's, there's a guy named... Uh, what's his name? He's like the most popular Fortnite player in the world. And his his following on on things like social media, Twitch, Twitter, and and all that, is is more popular than than big time sports stars and celebrities and a lot of celebrities. He has more like people watching what he does, watching what he posts. And, and we're in a weird age where we're, you know we're a, a a top level video game player on a Twitch channel can generate that kind of uh, adoration and attention. So it's it's interesting, and I'm. It's a bit of a tangent talking about this, but I think it's kind of I think you understand what I'm talking about about you know the Batman television show is uh, is sort of like this and and, and I think uh, that would have been kind of fun to have a little bit of Batman reference in Ready Player One. I I don't remember if there is anything in there. I mean, there's a lot of Easter eggs. I don't know if there's anything from Batman. Maybe he would have probably put in more like the Michael Keaton Batman movie. Um, you know, as, as a reference than the old 60s uh, TV show. But 
let's bring it back to, I, I guess probably now is a good enough time as any. Let me play, I'm just going to find some clip, some classic Batman TV series clip to play for you. And I'm going to sprinkle a few of these in during the, the what I talk about on the about the show here. And uh, it's, it's just great stuff. And uh, I guess I'll mention it too now. Um, the show took a long time to come out on DVD slash Blu-ray. That only happened a few years ago. Uh, there were a lot of, um, obviously, a lot of guests and a lot of rights and a lot of uh, money to figure out for this. And it, it took a long time, but I'm glad it finally, I have, I have the whole series on Blu-ray. And, you know, being uh, being such a big fan, I, I'm glad that was finally able to work out. Before that, before a few years ago, you had to either watch it, find find it on television, or, or get some bootleg DVDs or, or whatever that somebody made by recording it off of TV and then and then putting it onto a DVD. But I'm glad finally we can watch it, and 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 that's led to more and more clips uh, being uh, put up on YouTube and places like that. So here's some classic Batman '66 uh, era um, um, clip for you. Same thing, happiness. I can give you more happiness than anyone in the world. How do you propose to do that? By being your partner in life. I mean, it's me and you against the world. Oh. What about Robin? Well, I have him killed, painlessly. Well, he is a bit of a boy with his holy this and holy that. How that does it, Catwoman? I thought you had a modicum of decency, but I see that I erred in my judgment. You're supposed to fall on the floor. You're attractive, Catwoman, but not that attractive. Put on a double dose of eau de chat, that poisonous perfume. You should have been dead 30 seconds ago. Aha, aha, So, all of this lovey-dovey business was just a trick. Why aren't you writhing in pain? I had a hunch that you'd try something not quite kosher. I've been wearing bat plugs up my nose. I've been breathing nothing but clean, fresh air, sans eau de chat parfum. You cheated! Ha! Put up your gloves, Batman. I'm gonna practice the art of Cat Roddy on you. Your mistake. Cat Roddy, as you call it, correctly pronounced karate, is a defensive form. Therefore, in order for you to make a move, I must move, and I won't. Well, I have another trick up my paw. Penn, Brown, Cornell, Freddy, get him! So, you didn't tell the truth. Did you ever hear of a crook who did? The odds are about right. Four against one. Four against two, Batman. Robin, I couldn't resist. You were taken in by her, but I'm too young for that sort of thing. Out of the mouths of boy wonders, oft times come gems. Some classic Batman there with Catwoman, Julie Newmar as Catwoman. Uh, the uh, that uh, <laughs> it just they always had that sort of budding like relationship slash romance. Catwoman always kind of wanted to seduce Batman, Adam West. He was always no more of this lovey dovey stuff, and and you know he never really. And I like Robin at the end there is I'm too young to fall for that. You know, kind of a comment. You know, but. Uh, yeah, just just really great. Uh, of course, uh, there are you know the the villains or the hench 
people, you know, in this show uh, were were legendary. I, I mean, there was just great, great guests. We had Frank Gorshin as the Riddler. Well, let me run down, I guess, some of the cast for those that don't uh, don't know. Uh, the the main cast, of course, uh, we have Adam West, Bruce Wayne, Batman, Burt Ward, uh, Dick Grayson, Robin, Alan Napier as Alfred Pennyworth, who had actually, um, at that point in time in the comics, he had uh, been killed off. Al- Alfred was no longer in the comics, but they thought it was important to have him. Uh, Neil Hamilton was Commissioner James Gordon. Uh, Stafford Rep was Chief Miles O'Hara. Mage Blake uh, was Aunt Harriet, who was uh, wonderful. Uh, she uh, she didn't show up much in the third season. She was having some health problems at the time. And then in the, the, the other um, main cast a person that was added in season three to kind of boost up the ratings, because once we got to about season three, kind of like Star Trek, the ratings started to dive a bit. Uh, Yvonne Craig was Barbara Gordon or Batgirl, Commissioner Gordon's daughter, uh, playing librarian by day and crime fighting. Uh, partner of Batman and Robin for for them at night. Uh, and, of course, we already talked about William Dozier, who is the executive producer, creator, narrator, and so forth. Uh, he's actually the guy that, that would narrate over the episode. That That's his voice that you're hearing. As far as the guests uh, and, the, and the villains, we already talked about, of course, uh, Catwoman, Julie Newmar, you heard in that clip. Lee Merriweather played her in the Batman movie, which which came out. I, it was between season one and two, I think. It was actually they were trying to do a movie um, to launch the series. It just didn't work out the timing, and ABC wanted the series on a little sooner. Uh, and then Eartha Kitt was uh, Bat, or sorry, Batman. <laughs> Eartha Kitt was Catwoman uh, in uh, season three. We had, of course, Burgess, the wonderful Burgess Meredith as the Penguin. Uh, he was always waddling and, and, and chain-smoking and had that weird... Uh, I guess the, the, one of the things I read here was that Burgess Meredith had had quit smoking a while earlier, but they, they had him uh, smoking as the penguin, and it kind of messed up his voice a bit, and, and it gave him kind of this rough, you know, quacking. He, he could make that sound better, I guess, with... Um, with the fact that they had had him, the poor guy smoking for the show. Uh, Cesar Romero, the wonderful Cesar Romero, was the Joker. Uh, I guess when he first heard about this this whole concept in this thing, and they showed him uh, the concept of what he'd be like looking like and wearing as the Joker, he laughed. And, and the, the Joker's laugh, Cesar Romero's laugh in this, is, is his laugh. And I guess... They recorded that uh, and and used it throughout a lot of the series. Um, Victor Bueno, is that how you say the guy's last name? I think he was King Tut. Uh, that was never really a big King King Tut fan, but I I, I like Victor Bueno, um, and he had that sort of weird split personality. Uh, we had um, Mister Freeze, uh, played by a guy named George Sanders in season one, and Otto Preminger. A uh, very well-known actor in season two, uh, and then uh, then there was a, also Eli Wallace uh, played him also in season two. Uh, David Wayne, a, a pretty pretty well-known character actor, uh, was the Mad Hatter or Jervis Tetch. Um, Vincent Price, uh, how could anyone forget Vincent Price with his you know bald he- you know head that they gave him? Uh, was the Egghead. Uh, Carolyn Jones from Adam's Family. There was a, 
Uh, a fair number of um, Adams Family crossovers uh, that they brought in. Um, actually, uh, John Astin from uh, the Adams Family played the Riddler in season two uh, when Frank Gorshin, they had some problems with his contract or something like that. Frank Gorshin, I think, was wonderful as, as the Riddler in seasons one and three and in the movie. Uh, Carolyn Jones was Marsha, Queen of the Diamonds, uh, Queen of Diamonds. Cliff Robertson, a, another great character actor, was was Shame. He was this kind of cowboy, not very smart. Um, we had Ann Baxter as Olga, Queen of the Cossacks. And Mer- Milton Berle, actually, Louis the Lilac, who was, was probably more of a clown of a villain than most of the rest even. So, and, and there's probably a few others, but that's probably most of them, I think, um, and the actors and all that. The uh, What else do I want to talk about? Uh, oh, one, one thing, uh, the uh, I think, the, yeah, a little bit on the Batmobile. Uh, yeah, most people probably have heard this before, but um, it was uh, based off of a Ford Futura car. Uh, very well um, done for the for the show. I mean, modified quite a bit. The there was one uh, original one still remaining that was auctioned off uh, back in uh, 2013. Uh, it sold for four million dollars, over four million dollars. Uh, so uh, uh, that Batmobile was was something. I mean, that thing. If you're thinking about classic cars, uh, classic you know, nerd geeky cars from television or movies. I, I'd throw the Batmobile at the top of that list just about. You have Kit from Knight Rider. You have the DeLorean, of course, from the Back to the Future movies. You have the Batmobile. These are the, you know, the cars that you see at, like, some of the comic book conventions they will have them. Um, but the Batmobile, I, 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 if I could have, if I had a garage to keep it in and keep it safe and, and secure, I, 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 think, I, I think the Batmobile would be the top of my list of, of a collectible car from from uh, a, a TV or a movie or something that I would love to, uh, even just to take a ride in one uh, would would be amazing. And uh, it's it's just so iconic and, and looks so cool. I mean, I love the Batmobiles that they've done in in the live action films and the more serious films, of course. But um, it is uh, something about that uh, something about that Batmobile that that was done for the 60s series that's just, you know, amazing looking and, and just all the, you know, goofy gadgets. They had that little phone, that little red phone inside the car. Uh, and uh, I like the openness of it, too. I mean, I'm a big fan of convertibles and things, so I, I like the fact that totally impractical if you want, like, to be protected, right? If you're going up against uh, bad guys and things, you, you don't really want to be driving around in a car that's... Uh, one is easily noticeable as that, but but two, you know, that doesn't even have like a, you know, isn't covered completely, <laughs> you know, that's open to the air. So um, I think uh, I think it's time for a new clip. Let's play another Batman TV series clip for you. Oh, heck. what's the use of learning French anyway? Dick, I'm surprised at you. Language is the key to world peace. If we all spoke each other's tongues, perhaps the scourge of war would be ended forever. Gosh, Bruce, yes. I'll get these darn verbs if they kill me. Gee whiz, Aunt Harriet. What's so important about Chopin? All music is important, Dick. It's the universal language. One of our best hopes for the eventual realization of the Brotherhood of Man. Gosh, Bruce, yes. You're right. I'll practice harder from now on. I can't help thinking of only myself. I'm sorry. 
Well, that's okay, Sean. We all have the right to be selfish sometimes. Wow, the rings of Saturn. This is sure some fun, Bruce. Astronomy is more than mere fun, Dick. It is? Yes, it helps give us a sense of proportion. Reminds us how little we are, really. People tend to forget that sometimes. Gosh, yes, that's right. I'll bet I see those rings a little differently this time. <laughs> Robin, you haven't fastened your safety bat belt. We're only going a couple of blocks. It won't be long until you're old enough to get a driver's license, Robin. Then you'll be able to drive the Batmobile and other vehicles. Remember, motor is safety. Gosh, Batman, when you put it that way... You see, we spray this radioactive mist on an object, and then we can trace it on the battometer within a radius of 50 miles. Remarkable. When dealing with powerful criminal elements, one can never be too well prepared. Why didn't she let go of the bag? Didn't she know what would happen? Greed is an overpowering emotion, Robin. It sometimes dims all the senses, even that of self-preservation. And in Wayne Manor, where young Dick Grayson practices his putting under the watchful eye of his guardian, millionaire Bruce Wayne, and his doting Aunt Harriet. Ow, oh, missed that one. Precision, Dick. Precision. The key to success in life as well as in sports. And circuits on the blink, I'm afraid. Yeah, some pearls of uh, pearls of bat wisdom there from uh, from Adam West, Bruce Wayne, Batman to Robin. I, I always like that. Gosh, Bruce. Okay, you know, um, a couple of things uh, that I wanted to mention. I'm going to go through some uh, little bits of trivia, I guess, here at this point, talking about the show. And uh, you know, the, there was something that Robin was doing throughout the show a lot of. Uh, Catwoman, Catwoman even commented on it in that clip I played earlier. He would always say, you know, holy, you know, this or that, right? He'd always say, holy Zorro or holy agility. I guess he used a total of 352 different holy words throughout the uh, throughout the show. Uh, the um, One of the things, when they tested this show, though, to begin with, it, it did not test good with uh, with audiences when they were um, when they were first screening it, you know, before the, the show actually first aired. Uh, but they had spent so much money building up the sets and the costumes and, and vehicles and everything like that, they, they had to go ahead with the show anyway. The... Uh, uh, what else do I want to say? Yeah, so I already talked about the Batmobile. It was a custom 1955 Lincoln Futura uh, vehicle uh, that uh, there were supposedly about, uh, according to Barris, who, who did the Batmobile, uh, there was uh, supposedly uh, five, different, uh, five different Batmobiles that were built for the show. A uh, couple other bits here. The Riddler, the Riddler was never very big in the comics. The actually uh, the uh, this show in particular turned the Riddler into a, a very uh, popular uh, one of the most popular villains of Batman's you know in his rogues gallery we probably have the Joker probably the Joker at top and right below that I would say either either the Riddler or the Penguin take your pick of the the top you know adversaries for Batman over the years in in comics and eventually in the movies and so forth. Um, the uh, one one little thing that I thought was interesting here, I was talking earlier about some of the popular things in the, in the '60s. Uh, basically, uh, I, it, it states here that Adam West was actually offered the role of James Bond in the movie on Her Majesty on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Um, keep in mind that was when Sean Connery was was um, not going to play Bond, uh, but um, 
Adam West decided to decline that. He thought the uh, they should be using a um, British actor for Bond, uh, which is just sort of ironic in a, in a way because that movie uh, ended up star- starring George Lazenby, who is actually Australian. So yeah, he's not American, but uh, you know that uh, I thought that was interesting that that he could have been Adam West could have been a Bond, and I, I could easily see that. I mean, I, I could easily see him having the the classy debonair kind of 60s era Bond uh, that they did. Um, Burt Ward, it's been stated, and I think Adam West got injured too, but um, Burt Ward did um, a lot of his own uh, stunts in the movie, and he got injured pretty badly quite a few times. Um, there was at least one incident where he actually got tossed out of the Batmobile. I thought the uh, it was good to play that little clip there about the safety thing because they... Uh, the uh, the I guess the National Safety Council brought up the safety issues of the Batmobile. They they said, "Well, how come there's no seatbelts?" So they uh, so they really started to make a point out of talking about buckling up in the Batmobile, uh, and being the uh, the fact that the uh, these characters in this series were very portrayed as very goody two shoes kind of like drinking milk. You know, and, and never never cursing, you know, saying, gosh, Bruce, and that kind of stuff. So it made sense for them to always, you know, safety first kind of a, an effect uh, when they were in the Batmobile. And, uh, you know, Batman talking to Robin about getting his driver's license and all that stuff, I think was kind of funny. Uh, what else do we want to see? Of course, everyone knows about the, the classic, I think... Uh, you know, they turn the camera kind of angle. Well, they played with the camera angles on, on, in this show a lot. One was uh, anytime you were in like the villain's lair and they would have the big fight or the big couple of fights per episode that they would do at the, you know, with the villain and all the henchmen. They, in, in almost all of those scenes, the camera is not level. The camera is t- tipped at an angle. And the idea, the, the, the idea that that's supposed to tell you is that the villains are crooked. So they would film those scenes with the camera tilted crooked to kind of give, you know, the audience like, oh, these are, this is the bad guy's place, right? So that, that I thought was interesting. The other thing they did with the camera was, of course, the, the famous way of they would, they would climb up buildings on the side of buildings, right? With the bat pole or the bat pole, the bat, um, you know, boom, you know, the batarang and the, and the rope. And they started this trend of... They would have people, of course, that was not done the way it looks. The camera is tilted, and they're really just walking across a, uh, a stage. Uh, and they had strings on the capes to keep them out so that it looks like they were hanging down. And then basically each week there would be these little cameos and these guest stars that would pop up and, and, and say something through the little uh, <laughs> through the little openings as they climbed up. They had people like Frank Sinatra, Natalie Wood, Cary Grant. Uh, th- those those are some that 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 were fans of the show and they wanted to be on it, but they were never able to come up with the right roles for them. Uh, but uh, but the uh, they also had you know Sammy Davis Jr. would pop up in those little windows and and uh, you know it was uh, I was saying earlier um, another thing I wanted to mention you know some of the props and and computers and the various. Uh, Props and, and guns and things they used on the show came from, like, Lost in Space, Time Tunnel, Land of the Giants, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. So a lot of crossover things there. The um, uh, It's very well known that Cesar Romero would not shave his mustache for the for playing the Joker. They would paint over it. 
uh, put that white kind of makeup that the Joker wears on his face. Um, the uh, They offered uh, Mickey Rooney the role of the Penguin. Uh, and uh, and also Spencer Tracy, uh, Mickey Rudy turned it down. Uh, Spencer Tracy was also offered the role of the Penguin, but he said he'd only take it if he could kill off Batman, which was like, no, um, that that's not going to happen. Um, what else do we want to talk about? I'm looking down through all the trivia stuff here on IMDb. Um, we already talked about some of the the actors that came over from Adam's family, Carolyn Jones, John Astin, uh, uh, Ted Cassidy. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Catwoman. Uh, they, uh, they talk about how her costume was quite a bit different than what, what you saw in the comics. Uh, oh, when they would spin the Batmobile around in the Batcave, that wasn't really a spinning, like, uh, piece of equipment. It was actually guys spun the Batmobile around. You just couldn't see him depending on the way the camera was angled. Um, Bert, Bert Ward, we already talked about all the accidents. Uh, they, um, they, he got also sometimes some of the pyrotechnics in the episode uh, would, would rain down on him. And uh, he said one of the flashes one time almost left him blinded. Uh, Chief O'Hara's first name was never revealed. Uh, there was never really any origin uh, story. You know, they never talked about um, how the Batman and Robin came together. They they ever, I don't think they ever alluded to also, you know, the classic origin idea of Batman about why he does what he does. You know, they've done that a ton in the films. They've done it in the animated series. But the, uh, the idea that Batman does what he does because of his parents being gunned down uh, in front of him when he was a boy... Um, never comes up. The show c- completely stayed away from that, which I, I think fits the tone of the show. It makes sense, you know, that they're going to stay away from that very, very serious uh, stuff. But uh, but just a lot of lot of cool trivia here. Uh, what else? Uh, of course, we talked about Yvonne Craig coming in uh, as uh, Batgirl in season three. Uh, and uh, one thing I wanted to mention that even though in season three things were um, the ratings were not not going very well. Uh, they um, they had an offer uh, from NBC actually to pick up the show when it, when ABC canceled it. NBC was going to pick it up, but what ended up happening is the sets had been destroyed. They basically bulldozed down the Batcave set, and uh, when they didn't think anyone was going to pick up the show, ABC they kind of did it kind of prematurely. Uh, probably needed the stages for something other some other show. Uh, but but when they basically were going to have to start kind of from scratch and rebuild stuff, NBC decided no, no. Well, we're, we we would have liked it if we could have gotten all the all the gear, the costumes, the, the all the costumes were probably around still, and the Batmobile certainly was because they auctioned one off later on. Uh, but the Batcave and that set was was pretty expensive, so uh, that kind of you know we could have had more we could have had more Batman if that hadn't happened, and uh, I think that uh, that's interesting. It's interesting how fast things change and move in, you know, Hollywood, even even these days. Um, let's see. Adam West is six foot two. Here's an, here's a little bit. He's supposed to be that's supposed to be the same height as what Batman is uh, in the comics. It's supposed to be that he's he's a pretty tall guy. I, I saw Adam West and Burt Ward a couple of times. Uh, you know, Adam West passed away about a year and a half ago, I think in 2017. Um, 
uh, in uh, or maybe just about a year ago. Maybe it was just last June. Yeah, here it is. Okay, with the June. Uh, uh, so uh, that leaves Burt Ward as the last surviving regular cast member uh, of of the of the show. Julie Newmar is the last of the villains. Is she still around? Uh, and uh, let's play uh, let's play a little another clip for you, and then I, I should wrap this up. We're already about an hour over an hour into the show uh, for the podcast, but let me play a little bit of Batgirl from season three. I think that'd be fun. Where are we? What happened? This is the Batcave, Batgirl. Holy giveaways! Not exactly, Robin. She may know that this is the Batcave, but she doesn't know where the Batcave is located. It's very impressive. And functional. But how do you suppose we got here, and, and who changed us back to our normal shapes and sizes? I have my own suspicions, Batgirl, which I don't think I should disclose. Of course, Robin, I understand. Of all of Gotham City's arch-criminals. Holy catastrophe! How do we stop them? We have to find them first which calls for the special escaped arch-criminal bat locator on the bat computer. Good thinking, Rob. That must come in quite handy. Quite. Every crime fighter should have one. But how can we get there? Isn't the Batmobile still parked in front of Spiffany's jewelry store? Look, here it comes now. How in the world did you manage that? I'll have to put you to sleep until we reach the city, Batgirl. To sleep? So you won't learn the location of the Batcave. All right, Batman. Guard your face, Robin. You know something, Batman? What's that, Robin? She looks very pretty when she's asleep. I thought you might eventually notice that. That single statement indicates to me the... First oncoming thrust of manhood, old chum. Materialize again. You foolish. They're gone. Well, how can we fight them if we can't see them? We may not be able to see them, but I have the feeling they're still here. So there was some uh, Batgirl, Yvonne Craig, and Adam West and Burt Ward in the Batcave, and uh, it's uh, I love these shows. It, it, it the uh, I've always thought and wished we did a uh, there would there was another. Uh, I've been watching. I was about to say I wish I wish we had a show like this. I think the closest thing that comes to this kind of campiness uh, style these days is uh, the the uh, the Tick. The, the TV show that uh, if you got if you're an Amazon Prime member you can watch it, uh, it, it you know there's a earnestness and, and a sincerity and just a good heartedness about this show Batman and the Tick as well uh, but uh, yeah it, it's it's really great and uh, you know this there are reruns that show up on television the series is out there on DVD Blu-ray uh, I, I hope you guys. It's it's hard to cover this. There's a lot more I could talk about. I could talk about the uh, 
the movie. I could talk about um, more of the behind-the-scenes stuff. They've done um, animated series. Some of these actors did uh, roles. They, they've done a couple of animated movies recently with Adam West and Burt Ward, which were pretty good, actually. Uh, so check those out. Uh, there are a couple of those uh, that you can see that, you know, they reprise the roles, and that, that was not a... Um, you know that that those are pretty recent actually uh as well uh there are, so there's a lot of references uh one of the most recent things that i saw in the uh the gotham tv show which is also a lot of fun completely bonkers and and much more dark and and serious uh taking a, a, on the batman early days mostly about uh gordon and the gcpd but they used a little bit of the batman 66 era uh, music in a, in a recent episode, uh, which was kind of fun to hear. Uh, just it was used kind of in the background real quick, not a lot, um, but it fit. And uh, I thought that was kind of a nice little reference that they did. And that, you know, there's there's no denying this show had a, a, a huge impact on, on pop culture. Uh, and and myself, I, I, I just love it. I re- can remember uh, very uh, at a very young age, my mom made um, my brother and I uh, Batman and Robin costumes for Halloween. Really low, low. Like I, I, she basically dyed some sheets. Those were our capes and cowls. You know, it was kind of like she twisted up one end, and I think she sewed on a couple little Batman ears for the Batman mine. I think I was, uh, and and my brother was Robin. But I, it was just so much fun. Uh, one other little story, and I think I've said this on the podcast. There was a, uh, a nearby apartment building when I grew up in, in Detroit, and I, I remember that there was a car parked over there that looked to me a, a lot like the Batmobile, and I kept thinking the Batman lived there. This is a keep in mind, this is a little kid's perspective on things, so uh, but I, I just I'll always remember that. Uh, it had it had a similar look to the Batmobile from the TV show, and I uh, I just I, I thought, oh, Batman lives over there. So, <laughs> uh, but I, anyway, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this look at the Batman series. It was a quick one, uh, but fun, and uh, I, I wanted to um, to give it uh, its due. I'd say I hope I I did, and maybe I'll revisit it again sometime. Talk more about some of the other spinoff things, and, and you know, Batman's just. I could do my Batman movie voice, you know. Criminals of Gotham, what are you doing? Get off the streets. I'm Batman. Oh, that's hard on your voice. I don't know how Christian Bale did that in all those movies. So, But uh, that was not Adam. Adam West was just Mr. Serious Batman, you know. He, uh, he, there's just, you know, he, he, when you, when you do a character like Batman, you got to make it your own. And certainly Adam West did that. And Burt Ward is Robin. Of course, there was. There's never been another Batman or Robin like them. Uh, I love, you know, some of the recent movies, and thought Christian Bale did a great job as Batman. But this this Batman and Robin, I think, is always going to be my kind of Batman and Robin. I mean, I mean, I like Batman as a more serious character, but this this show is just so uh, incredibly endearing and iconic and all that that I I, I think it'll be always my favorite. My probably my favorite iteration of Batman. So, okay. Uh, next week, you're going to have Jedi Jeff here. He's going to look at some of the ships from the Lost in Space TV shows. 
and some other things I'm sure he's going to talk about, collectibles, and he's always got something interesting and fun to share with everyone. So he'll be here then. I'm... That's why one of the reasons I wanted a guest host is next week I'm going to be at the Motor City Comic Con. So in two weeks over, that'll be a Memorial Day weekend, I'm going to do a video cast about Motor City Comic Con. That's my plan, at least right now. So uh, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this show. Uh, I'm going to get up in the feed today, and I'll talk to you again very soon. Uh, if you want to support Treks and Sci-Fi over at Patreon.com, forward slash treks and sci-fi is the way to do that and i appreciate everyone who does so thanks everyone have a great week hope the weather is good wherever you are and um been fun talking about batman talk to you later bye bye This has been a Rico Dusty podcast production.